Welcome back to the Try Again Pod. We are here weekly to give you our takes on all things Minnesota sports. Take a listen to what we have to say, and right or wrong, you know we'll always try again. Sunday, December 6th, welcome back to the Try Again Pod. I'm here with the boys, Dylan and Taylor. How are we doing today, fellas? Doing good, man. Victory Monday. Doing well. Another victory. Doesn't matter how it comes, right? Yeah, I I was thinking at the end of the Vikings game, you know, it's really going to suck doing this pod with, you know, a heartbreaking loss when we have, you know, right on the brink of the playoffs. But Vikings game, pull it out 27-24. Let's get a little rundown of the game here, and we'll see what you guys think, your reactions. Game starts off with a 28-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter on which a spot where I think we could have picked it off almost twice, but they end up missing the extra point, and they come down again, and they kick a field goal, and that ends the first quarter 9-0. Vikings storm back. Adam Thielen, three-yard pass from Kirk Cousins to make it 9-6. Unfortunately, we missed the extra point, and that kind of trickles into what's going to happen with the rest of the game. They come down, and they at the very, the very first play after the first half, kind of like last week, they have a pick six to start the first half, and their extra point is good to make it 16-6. to six. Vikings storm back in the third quarter, and C.J. Ham, 12-yard Damn touchdown off. pass from Kurt Cousins, and Dan Bailey does go ahead and make that extra point. At the end of the third quarter, Justin Jefferson, a really nice route for a 20-yard touchdown pass from Kurt Cousins. Unfortunately, Dan Bailey missed that extra point as well to end the third quarter, 16-19. to 19. We had the lead. Early in the fourth quarter, we had a safety to make it 21-16. Kind of got our missed extra point points back there to make it 21-16, like I said. And then at the end-ish of the fourth quarter, Dan Bailey nails a 48-yard field goal to make it 24-16, which was huge to make us go up eight. So we couldn't lose at the end of the game, although they could tie it up. And they do. They tied it up with a minute, eight seconds left. And they got the two-point conversion to make it 24-24. to And then Captain Kirk leads us down the field, puts us in position to win the game at the end there, and we end up missing the field goal to go into overtime. A lot of things happen in overtime. Biggest thing that I saw was the interception that Harrison Smith had set us up for our game-winning field goal by Dan Bailey to win 27-24. It was an awesome win. It was an ugly game, but at this point, to make us 6-6, and I'll take it. But what are your guys' takeaways from the game? What did you think about, you know, the performance overall today? I guess, like you you said, um, ugly first quarter. Punted on our first three possessions and had a total of 25 yards. Um, that's not – we've always been, you know, this year kind of a second-half team. But sooner or later against better teams, that's going to come to come to haunt us. I mean, we're not going to be able to come back from behind. And uh, Kirky's not going to be able to bail out Mike Zimmer every time. Otherwise, Love I, it. the two young guys – um, I think our, our young guys are really stepping up. It just shows how I think we can develop players in Minnesota. And Zimmer is good defensive mind, but can um, – and then – so they had the pick and then the fumble recoveries and that Brailford, that was his first NFL game. Um, he got added to the roster in mid-October. So that was kind of cool to see. So I think he'll see a bunch more time. And then we still had sketchy special teams and a bad start yeah. to each quarter. That's just – it's like a basketball. It's like anything. Those first five minutes out of a half, out of the game, um, you don't want to come off flat. And then we got to talk about Kirk for Taylor that, again, he went over 3,000 yards and 25 tutties to keep his name up there with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. 
Yeah, I the thing I like most about Kirk Cousins today was I think they had a camera on him on the sideline and he was just pissed off. Absolutely pissed off. Looked like he was yelling at an intern or something. That's offense coordinator and I think he was mad. I can't read lips or anything, but I think he was mad how conservative the offense is being. Like you yeah. look every time you look down on first and second down, they'd had one safety high. There's stuff in the box on Cook. Like we have two stud receivers. We have to throw it deep, give him a shot. We have two Ferraris and we're just leaving them in the garage. <laughs> right. So. Well, even at the end, um well that was the beginning of overtime actually when Jefferson had that I mean, Kirk just threw it up, and Jefferson came down with it, and it ended up being that offensive pass interference. But if you have one of those every once in a while, I mean, it wasn't egregious or anything, but you throw it up and you let those guys make plays because Thielen's good, great route runner, great hands, and Jefferson just going to be a stud. I mean, he just passed 1,000 yards in our – what was that, our 12th game today? Yep. I mean, 1,000 yards in 12 games is, is great, especially with the first three games. He didn't really play much. He didn't start. He's been on a tear, and he's going to be – he's going to be great for us. Yeah, and – you're saying that offensive pass interference made me think of what I thought was play of the game was we were backed up to our 20 yard line and we punted and I'm like, Oh crap, they're going to have maybe two first downs, kick a field goal. We had a great special teams play plus a holding and they started at the 10 yard line. That right. was huge because our special teams were booty all game, all season. Sauce. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a little fair catch Mike Glennon or a fair catch case Keenum, you know, toss it up and, <laughs> and see what happens. It worked for him and what, 2017, 18, so 17, 17. I have, I have a question for you guys. Would you trade a first round pick for 10 years of Justin Tucker in his prime? You never, you never have to worry about another field goal kick in your life for 10 years. Yeah. So since first round picks are not guaranteed to be great. I mean, look at Troy Williamson or different picks like that in the in the past i would 100 percent give up a first round pick to have 10 years of a consistent kicker because i mean you just look at us look at minnesota sports look at the vikings in the recent recent years having a kicker that would be just money and could kick from distance would be absolutely worth it dylan well that's a lot of things with minnesota we don't really understand what that feeling's like to have nice things like that um and a lot of consistency of it so it would be I would for sure trade a first round pick for him because today just watching all the kickers throughout the league, everybody was missing again today. It's harder than it, it looks, obviously. But yes, if I could have Justin Tucker in his prime for ten, no doubter. I saw I saw a great tweet today. I don't know who it was, but they said, Hey, you can't blame you can't blame Dan Bailey for these missed extra points and missed field goals because, you know, he's in a dome, there's no fans, he's got perfect weather, like it's just – it's too perfect where you're going to screw up. And I thought that, that tweet was great. Yeah. I, I also just love that he was, like, top 10 in field goal percentage. And then he's came to Minnesota, Ever. and now he's, like, 74% or something wild like that. Yeah. And last year he did have an okay year, but that first year with us was brutal again. Yeah. I understand missing an extra point or two because that's even, like, I mean, high school, college, NBA. People miss layups every once in a while. Like, it's not – you're not going to make it every time. But man, you can't miss two extra points, or you can't miss another field goal. Like you can't be missing, you can't be missing those things. Three kicks a game, I, you're not going to win games that way. I have a couple more random things. Number forty-five, Troy Die. Gross. <laughs> Does he not look like a long snapper? Absolute gross. Like, why He's an NFL linebacker? It was no gloves, no sleeves, nothing. Just, just straight up, I'm here to play. And then my other one was my who's back of the week. Shout out to pardon my take. 
was guys with long necks because Mike Glennon, my God, it, it <laughs> looks like a giraffe. Absolute. A giraffe. For sure. And him scrambling and even the way he slid, gross. Talk about sliding. That leads right into what's going on with Delvin Cook. He look, I know he had like 130 yards or whatever, total yards, but he's sliding, doesn't want contact on a couple of plays. Until again, right at the end when it came down to it. Um, but yeah, I thought I was see if he was shook, shaking up a little bit or what. Well, it just didn't seem like today that he had that second gear. But I mean, like you said, you could say, is he hurt? Is he not? He ended up with 120 yards rushing and 59 receiving yards. So, I mean, yes, he honestly, to me and to you guys bringing it up, he doesn't look the same as the beginning of the year. But then you just go back and look at it, and the dude's got 180 all-purpose yards. And that's that's just insane. You know, this, this dude's just – what we expect out of him is just crazy because he has this sort of a game where if any other running back has this, you're, they're going crazy. And for him, it just seemed normal today. There's no explosive huge plays that he had. Um, but for me, we talked about this last week. And, you know, we were, we were on our text chain again. And I felt like we were getting no pass rush all game. And I know, Dill, you've thought that for a while now that we're not getting any pass rush. And I just think, you know, we don't have the horses we used to have where back when we had Jared Allen and we could just rush the passer and then went to Everson Griffin, you know, and then we just don't have – that right now so I feel like we got to do different things different blitzes just to get you know any any type of pass rush but then today we talked hey it was a four-man rush four-man rush and then finally what do we do when we got that huge sack when they were in field goal range and we you know we brought them out of that that's when we brought some pressure and that's when we got after them so I don't think we're good enough to just rush four yeah I agree we need to send some blitzes but Zimmer's kind of in a tough spot because you have those young corners I know they're starting to play a little better and he's been really helping them out with having Harris and Smith just basically playing cover two, having them sit back. And then without Kendrick today, that was that yeah. was tough. Especially when you can't game plan without Kendrick's because he was supposed to play. Yeah. Did you see what, how he got hurt or they had the video yeah. of doing karaoke yeah, just, or whatever? Yeah, that's crazy. Karaoke. Um, but I thought Mike did a pretty good job today too, um, like his timing-wise, you know on some of that, when he would send a blitz or an extra guy and, and chain stuff up. So, um, yes, but he said he's trying to help both those young guys in the secondary, and we don't really have any depth back there anyway. So the more we can protect them, and if that's his way of doing it, I, I totally understand it. Right. But I also think it's it depends on who you're playing. Like today we weren't playing Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes. We were playing, you know, fair catch Glennon. You know, yeah. he was just throwing up balls that were horrible. Yeah. And I would like to point out, I thought Dantzler had a really nice game. It's like three in a row. I am, and, and hopefully I saw Gladney left the game. I don't think he ever came back, so hopefully he's fine. I don't know who else we have to throw out there, Cedric Griffin or something. But. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Dale, you did highlight Dancer. Had a great game, one of the keys of the game right there, one of the one of the studs of the game, especially his pick when it was 9 nothing. Yep. Yeah, that was big. Um. I, I also like to point out, I know we went up eight at one point, so we couldn't lose, and it just kind of brought me back to that Seahawks game. Now, if we could redo it, maybe we go up eight, because I know we tried going for it on fourth and one, and yeah, I don't. I just look at our box scores too. It's every single game is like a one score game, and it's just it's oh yeah, classic every classic single game. one's down to the wire. We can't have a win where I can like mix a drink in the fourth quarter and just relax. Like it's gone after two minutes. 
hey, but at least, you know, our luck in the last few games has kind of turned around where we're pulling these games out, you know, and that's – I think that's big, and that's where Captain Kirk really comes Kirk into Cousins. play where he keeps those guys engaged, he keeps them – excuse me, keeps them locked in, and I just feel like they keep playing, man. I think we are a team that plays to our competition, but if we do play like we did against the Cowboys, Panthers, Jaguars, I think I think the Bucks will hand it to us, and I think that leads us right into some standings check, Kyle. Let's do it. So, looking at it right now, as we are in the middle of the Sunday night football game with the Broncos and the Chiefs, as of right now, it looks like the Saints are the one seed, the Packers two seed, Rams three, Giants four at five and seven. Crazy. Um, the Seahawks are sitting in the five seed. And normally, the Buccaneers round out the playoffs as the six seed. But if you didn't know, this year the playoffs are the top seven seeds. So that means – your Minnesota Vikings right now are sitting in the seven seed, and we would open up with the Green Bay Packers. How fun would that be? be? Awesome! I'm all in for that. We just beat them too at Green Bay. So, and when right. you named all those teams, like I'm not scared of really any of those teams. I know nope. they're probably better than us as the record shows, but like I don't think the NFC has like a powerhouse team, like a Mahomes-led Chiefs. Right, and especially like the Saints are ten and two, and they're sitting at the top up there. But they're not a well-oiled machine with Drew Brees of five years ago chucking the ball around. I mean, he hasn't played in a few weeks, and I know they got great players. Kamara, great player. Michael Thomas, great player. Taysom Hill makes plays, but I wouldn't call him a great quarterback. Um, they just don't have, like you said, the firepower. So I'd be down to play anybody. I think our team, when we run the ball, we're good. I think if we have leads, we're good, and I think that we can play with anybody. Dang right, and we are in a battle for that seven spot with the Cardinals, and they kind of have an easy schedule coming up. They got Giants, who are frisky, uh, and then the Eagles, 49ers, Rams. So four teams that are pretty, pretty decent. So that helps us out compared to us playing the Buccaneers, Bears, Saints, Lions. So Taylor, so. do you change your mind at all then at what you thought? our record was going to be finishing out from last week. Yeah, I did say seven and nine, and that means they'd go one and three. I think eight and eight is looking pretty realistic. And I think that could get us in the playoffs, as crazy as that sounds. I don't know how the tiebreakers work with the Cardinals, though, if they're eight and eight. Well, as of right now, we're six and six, and the Cardinals are six and six. And it says that we have the tiebreak over Arizona based on win percentage in common game. So like you said, not sure how much that will change with who we play and how we play them, but that's how the tiebreak is right now. Our win percentage is higher than theirs in common games. And if we win next week, we jump the Bucks as well. The head right. to head. Because we'd have the same record. Yeah, but they play Falcons, Lions, Falcons after us, which are I think three very winnable games. Hey, look at Detroit though. Daryl Bevel's got them rolling right now. Vikings coach, right? Yep. AP, two touchdowns today. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. He just doesn't age. Yeah, that's, he doesn't age. I think he doesn't, but I think we're sitting, honestly, we're sitting pretty good, especially when you think back to our bye week, we were, what, one and four, one and five? One and five. Um, yeah, Dylan wanted Trevor Lawrence back then, and now we're we're going to get the uh, into the playoffs, so I think we're sitting in a really good spot. Would I would take Trevor Lawrence over being one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, I wasn't this wrong, brings, then. Me, brings me to a random question. Do you think the Jets lost on purpose today? 
Yes, they just Why gave up a 56-yard touchdown on purpose. They played very well throughout the whole game, showing that they can compete. And then, you know, situation brought it to itself where, you know, there was a spot open for the Raiders to win that game, and somehow they won it, which I don't think that's a coincidence at all. They brought an all-out blitz in a Hail Mary situation. Like, what are you doing? Yep, I do for sure think that was on purpose. But, like, Jacksonville, if you're a Jacksonville fan, yeah, you've been in every game down the wire the last handful of weeks, but do you really want to win? You want to be competitive, that's fun, but do you really want to win? I, yeah, I mean, depends on the players. I think the players Well, yeah, of course yeah, they do. do. But as a fan? I think as a fan, though, like as Timberwolves fans, it gets annoying. Like you're, enough is enough at some point. Like you don't want to tank every year. Yeah, well, we, we've been there so much that that's why. But the difference with, with basketball is it's not guaranteed because of the lottery. Yeah. You know, with football, you're the worst team. You're getting that pick. Yeah. So I just want to end with the Vikings talk here with I thought our time management at the end of the game was just horrible. Oh, piss poor, like you said. I think the way we handled the timeout situation and we handled the clock was horrible. Yeah. I you think, there? Do you think the Vikings lose at home and the way the game was managed down the stretch, Zimmer has a chance of being gone if we miss the playoffs? Yeah, you mentioned that um, when we were texting and stuff, and I don't think so. Um, I mean, I just think too many things have happened this year where they've kind of rallied him back, and his track record is is good. We're in the playoffs, you know, almost every year, and he's won a few playoff games. I know, obviously, we haven't went all the way. We haven't went to the Super Bowl, but we've been to the NFC title game. Last year, we won a road game. I think he's done enough, and he's earned enough respect to that one. And today's game wouldn't have led to a, a firing. Yeah, I, I'll admit I was full Dylan mode, and – when he called that timeout and it didn't work out and they had a chance, I was 100% fires him for about three minutes. <laughs> it's just, a, I don't know, interesting because you talk to other people too and they're just like the playoff-wise, do you like to be win that eight to ten, maybe 11 games a year, every year, and never get over the top? Or do you all of a sudden have a total rebuild and kind of start from scratch again? Or are you content with winning seven to 10, 11 games every year? I like the consistency right, because but, we're not used to it. Right, but I don't think we could ever have a full rebuild right now because the players we have are good. Like we have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. We have we have players offensively and defensively where we couldn't – a rebuild wouldn't be where we're at. Some of these teams just don't have skill like we do. Well, we just got young again, though. Right, but talented, yes. yes. And and you were talking about the pass rush earlier, too, and like Daniil Hunter, like, we miss him so much. And he's, what, 25 years old? So he still yep. has his prime ahead of him. But just, All right. just kind of crazy. Let's transition to the Wolves here. I just want to bring up, the Vikings were 13-3, and three, right? Like three years ago? Um, I guess I'm not exactly sure the record, but are you talking, yeah, with, with Case Keenum. So that just shows Zimmer can be a good coach year to year. And you see how NFL is – Doug Peterson might get fired. Matt Nagy might get fired. So it's kind of a year-to-year basis on how week to week almost seems yeah. like it. For sure. And we've been consistent, yeah. so. For sure. What's transition? Let's do it. What do you think, Dill? Well, I think I watched some of those. They had some media stuff for Rubio and Ed Davis, little introductory, and um, and they had some time with D'Lo. And honestly, what I took from – from Cat or uh, from D'Lo is 
Um, the fact that he loves that Rubio's here, he thinks he's going to excel next to him. But more or less, he's trying to be more of a veteran voice and leadership, especially without Cat being around all the time right now and everything he's going with. I mean, uh, prayers to him and his family and everything. But um, I think he wants to be the face of our franchise, the way it sounds, the way he's trying to um, – voices opinion with all the young guys and they kind of look up to him right now and especially with everything going on and not being face-to-face all the time and stuff so um i think he's going to be a huge asset that way too other than just having a scoring point guard like we always are saying that's what we're so happy for him but i think he's gonna be our veteran guy along rubio obviously and on the court and so that's kind of what i took from that and then rubio he kind of just hinted at he loved it here so much and he always thought maybe he'd get back here someday, but never this soon. And, and here he is. So I don't know. I think it's exciting times for Wolves. And I think Ryan will finally get his first chance to, with a product that he wants to coach kind of his way and, and get him a, a true test to see how, you know, how far he, what he can do with his coaching career now. So that's my Wolves yeah. take. For the that's week. good. I, I mean, I don't have a bunch of strong opinions yet because we haven't seen anything on the court, but, it is exciting just to have have those guys, like you said, a little interview over Zoom where they're sitting there talking about the Wolves with a T-Wolves shirt on. That kind of gets me excited, you know, just because we haven't seen them in a while. It's been, what, eight, nine months since we've had Timberwolves basketball. I just can't wait to watch them guys on the court. And I think we've got players this year, like we talked about last week, that, you know, like D'Lo, like Rubio, you know, we got Edwards, we got Beasley, we got Cat. We got so many different guys, I think, that can can be exciting. So I'm I can't wait. Yeah, and how you were Dylan was saying about Rubio being a leader and whatnot, and I, I literally just looked at a random box score to see kind of what our minutes were last year, and there was a game where Travion Graham, Kade Bates, Diop, Jeff Teague, Jordan Bell, Noah Vonley, Keelan Martin, and Shabazz Napier were getting like big minutes, and I was like getting excited to watch that team, and now I'm like this year's excitement with Beasley, Rubio, Wancho, Anthony Edwards is like through the roof, and I think we were talking. Or I said to you guys, this is the most excited I've been since Jimmy's first year here. Yeah. By far. And that was an exciting time um, at that time. But, yeah, like Dill said, with, with Ryan, is this his second full year? Yep. But then he had that, um, you know, when Tibbs got fired half the season or a third of the season or whatever. So this is the second full year. And I don't think we've had a team even close to what he's wanted. So, like you said, I'm excited to see what he actually can do as a coach too, because this is kind of his first real shot. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be exciting to watch and the style of play. He's yeah, like I said, getting players that that fit that mold and and guys to buy in now. <laughs> hopefully, we're not turning over the roster again this year, so he'll have a hopefully a little bit of lengthy time of season with them at least. You know, we, we like I said, we he just labeled off all those players that were playing big minutes for us last year, and uh, I don't think any of them are back. So. Good. Yeah, and you, you were saying how Ryan Sanders wants his system or whatever, and you kind of saw it last year. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Ryan Sanders? Saunders, Sanders. Okay, same thank thing. you. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Saunders in his uh, system, and he was saying today how Josh Cody's going to be playing at the four a lot, and that just kind of shows what he wants to do. He wants to get up and down, and Josh Cody's what, 6'5"? I know Maybe. he's got long arms, but like Six, eight arms, though. That could be a lot of benefits and a lot of problems at the same time. So it'll be fun to watch. Well, you don't really play defense in the NBA anyways, right? So why not just get more possessions and play faster? 
our two best players don't. I, I will say it has been really nice just today seeing those videos of of Cat, you know, just being there practicing because he has not been around for a lot of the team stuff. You know, we've always talked about this off off of here where it kind of it's kind of worrisome um, that he's never around, but at the same time he probably is around doing things on his own and he's been dealing with a lot of different things that you know we had no idea. So we can't really sit there and, and label him, but I'm just excited to see him back in his Wolves gear and, and going with the rest of the team. No, it's exciting. It's just, it's tough for us to sit here and watch your, your uh, max player, your face, of your franchise, nowhere to be found. And you have all these young guys and the team's trying to get correlated together to learn the system and finally be back in the gym. And then you just don't see him anywhere, hear from him even. So it gets kind of worrisome and, I think he wants to be here. I'm 100% think he wants to be in Minnesota and win in Minnesota, but it just gets you that gut-wrenching feeling like, okay, it's going to happen here. But, no, good to see him back in the gym and and uh, getting after it again. So, For sure. Should that lead us right into some um, bold predictions? That we- bold predictions. Let's I hear can it. start us off. Mine ain't too crazy, but I, mine is Vikings will win a playoff game. I think we mentioned earlier, like the teams above us, I'm just – I'm not really scared of any of them. I know they're good teams, but I think you played to our level of our competition. So, okay, uh, I can I can go next. Um, I've been kind of tossing some back and forth. But with all just watching the games throughout the NFL and this year, just, there's going to be a lot of change up, I think, at the quarterback position next year in the, in the NFL. And honestly, I changed my mind again. I think I'm going to go with uh, Matt Stafford will not be a Lion next year. Wow. Bold prediction. Getting away from Minnesota. Just think, Matt Stafford will be somewhere somewhere else next year. I would just like to say I would take Matt Stafford over Kirk Cousins. Agreed. I want that to be out. Would? I agree. I, would. I don't mind hmm. Kirk. Look at him. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting take. All right. So my my prediction is that Ricky Rubio by the end of this basketball season, um, if we get through it, hopefully we do. My prediction is that Ricky Rubio will be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. Not saying he's going to be the sixth man of the year. I'm saying at the end of the year when they talk about awards in the NBA season, Ricky Rubio will be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. Love it. I like it. So, hope that happens. All right. So, I think, you know, that's going to wrap it up for us. We'll be back. Um, at the end of this next weekend. But I think just so everybody knows here, we're going to try and break this up as we get going, as Wolves game get going. And, um, you know, the Vikings are getting in the heat of the battle of postseason here. We might be looking at doing something on Sundays and Wednesdays. So just stay tuned for that. But until then, um, we'll try again. We'll talk See to you ya. later. Go.